Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, I'm Ed. This is the Faith in Kids podcast. It is, isn't it? We're up to episode four. Yeah. We're traveling with Jesus. Yeah. Today, we're going to travel with Jesus to the beach. What could be more holiday-y than a beach? That's right. It's the ideal place. Now, if, if it was a British beach, it would have been you know, mostly stones. Pebbles. pebbles. Although, not necessarily, uh, one of my favourite beaches is now Lyme Regis, which used to be a pebbly beach when my relatives used to go there. And then the council just said, let's just buy 100 tonnes of sand. And so they did. Is that really? Chucked it on the beach, nice sandy beach. Still there? Yeah. Oh. I suspect they top it up, but, you know, there we go. Very good. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, that's not in the Bible. Uh, I've got a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a whip-around question. Okay. This is it's to... so exciting that everything slightly sh- shook there. Which Sorry. Is... No, no, oh, My hands fine. are on the table. Yeah, yeah, you're excited. You should be. <laughs> We're about to go to the beach with Jesus. What uh, could be more exciting than that? Nothing. Nothing. So if you're in a car, if you're in your living room, if you're in someone's bedroom, if you're huddled around some sort of wireless device, the question is, what is the best meal you've ever had? What is your favourite meal? So oh. if you're hungry right now, what would it be? Or, you know, it could have been today. You could have had your best meal. What is your favourite meal? Jam, you tell us before we all whip around with that question. Um, I once had the privilege of going to South Africa for for work. Mm. And there's a curry house in a place called Stellenbosch. And I got to go back there. And the most exciting thing I thought about going back to South Africa was, I'll get to have curry at that curry house. Okay, so we'll quietly talk about it in the background. Yeah. While you out there discuss quickly... A sentence each, your favourite meal, what is it, where would you have it, I don't care. Off you go. What did you like about it, John? Oh, it's just... You know when you have something which is like, I want all future curry to taste like this. Occasionally you make a cup of tea.
Today we're looking at a meal, perhaps the most famous meal that has ever happened in the whole history of mankind. That's incredible. And it's a cracking story and it's on a beach. We're travelling with Jesus to the beach for a fantastic meal. But before we find out more of what happened, Jam, it is the Fun Facts Fight Off. The Fun Facts Fight Off. Here is the jingle. Here is the noise. There it goes. Do you know what is special about Mayho Beach in the island of St. Martin? Caribbean, is that? Caribbean, yeah. No, no idea. Um, if you look at this, these pictures, we'll try and stick one on the internet or something. <laughs> it's good for the radio. You will see something strange. Wow. There is a plane that it looks like if you jumped up in the air on that beach, you could touch its wheels. Yeah. Um, I mean, that actually looks like it's not even a real photo. I mean, that looks like it's a, ba- yeah, it looks like it's a fake, but it is basically a beach at the end of a runway. And so the planes come incredibly low right over the beach. If you were a child on that beach, everything in you would try to hit it with a beach ball. I think it probably would. Or, yeah. you know, even like a, a, a pad, you know, a, a sort of beach tennis bat. Yeah. yeah. There is no way if I was eight, I wouldn't try to throw a beach ball into an engine. I, wanna, I don't want to commend that to no, you. No, no. They probably put signs up saying this would be frowned you, upon. You may not hit a tennis ball no. as planes go past. Yeah, we, you would be tempted to do that. But that is close, isn't it? That uh, is close. So oh, that's my that's my first fun thank fact. Thank you. I'm going to tell you about the world record for the biggest sandcastle that has ever been built. It was 17 metres tall. I reckon, you know, a two-storey house with a roof is about 10 metres from the ground to the top. So this is two regular big houses. About the size of a small castle, in fact. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. Uh, And it, it was built at the Sand Sculpture Festival in Bintz. And what, in many ways, I find the most remarkable part is that even though Bintz is a seaside resort in Germany with sandy beaches, for this competition, they ship the sand in from the Netherlands. Oh, so is German sand not good enough? Apparently Dutch sand. But, you know, a a castle, an actual castle-sized sand castle... Was was made entirely with shipped in sand from Holland. That puts my Lyme Regis sand into a bit of perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> Hundred tons, dump it on the thing. No, no, you could have made a castle out of it. Oh my goodness! Okay, you'll go. My my second one is uh, is 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 actually about donkeys. Um, so, do you know the number of people that tell me about Z donks? Oh really? For, I know we've uh, we've not only discussed this on a podcast, but discussed it on about discussing it on a podcast. But anyway. Yeah. First podcast features a Z-Donk. First episode, people still tell me yeah. about Z-Donks. Off yeah, you go. Absolutely. No, donkeys. they are very exciting. Only that mm. in, um, what year is this? In about uh, 2008, basically, there was a whole code drawn up by the British Equine Veterinary Association and the Donkey Sanctuary about... Um, about how long donkeys must have... They must have at least one day off a week and a daily hour-long break in the early afternoon. Basically, it's a union for donkeys. <laughs> and this thing also revealed the fact that there were 900 working donkeys in the UK. Where are they? The largest number in Blackpool. How many in Blackpool? No idea. 200. That is so many donkeys. There's a lot of donkeys. Imagine but, if they all got together as an actual union. They could take over Blackpool. I think they probably could. 
Maybe they have. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're maybe. secretly running Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> and in the evening, all yeah. those Blackpool people yeah. get, get, get surrounded by the donkeys and told how tomorrow's going to go. Absolutely. This is how it's going to be. That, I'd love, yes, to, I'd love right. to see that a film. Donkey in a menacing straw hat. Yes. I'd like to tell you about the stonefish, which is the most venomous beach creature on the planet. And it's named, amazingly and unfortunately, it's named a stonefish because it looks like a stone. It is apparently the worst pain known to mankind from a venom. Wow. And there there are examples of where people have passed out from the pain and yet continue screaming in okay. their passed out sleep-like state. I get that watching golf. <laughs> Yeah, so boring. <laughs> well, yeah. they're used to that. And you see, ideally, there'd be a pro golfer here now okay. who could say, no jam, I love golf, but yeah. I also hate it. <laughs> Final fact, the beneficial use of the stonefish is that in Japan, they eat it raw. Wow, they show that fish who's boss, don't they? They really do. Yeah. So incredible that the world's most toxic, venomous stonefish tastes lovely. Well, to the Japanese, at least, I it, guess it, it does. It does. It wow. Does. Oh, you've got, oh, I think you've got venomous animals and a castle made out of imported sand. I think you've won this one. Oh, thanks, Jan. I think you've won. I Your mean, redeeming feature is the picture that our listeners can't see. Well, we'll put, it up, we'll put a link up. Did. You'll have to go to the Faith in Kids website to okay. see it or something okay. like that. Okay, good. Um, of a terrifying picture. Of a, we'll put a link to or it in the show notes. Yeah. Now, we are on a beach with Jesus. So you may not have actually realised before now that this amazing meal, I'm not going to give the game away yet, happened on a beach. I, I think it's fair to say that because it happens so soon after Jesus rocks up at the beach that mm. we can say it happens on a beach. We're now going to hear this piece of Matthew chapter 14 read to us. Listen out for the beach and the most amazing meal ever. When Jesus heard what happened to John, Jesus left in a boat. He went to a lonely place by himself. But when the crowds heard about it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus arrived, he saw a large crowd. He felt sorry for them and healed those who were sick. Late that afternoon, his followers came to Jesus and said, No one lives in this place and it's already late. Send the people away so they can go to the towns and buy food for themselves. Jesus answered, They don't need to go away. You give them some food to eat. The followers answered, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus said, bring the bread and the fish to me. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fish. Then he looked to heaven. Thank you, God, for the food. Amen. Jesus divided the loaves of bread. He gave them to his followers and they gave the bread to the people. All the people ate and were satisfied. After they finished eating, the followers filled 12 baskets with the pieces of food that were not eaten. There were 5,000 men there who ate, as well as women and children. When did you last say, I want more? Almost every mealtime. Probably the last meal I had. And what food jam is there there? And you, I can, you can guarantee you'll say, I want more. Bacon. Bacon. Love a bit of bacon. Yeah. I wonder what yours is. Is it chips, milkshake, ice cream, fizzy pop? Or do you say, I want more money to spend in the shops, to put in your money box, to have more from your brother? Or screen time? 
before being sent to bed. It's the end of a football game, just to the end of this programme. He had more than me. Sometimes it's something more serious. Maybe you've even said, I want more through tears. I want more friends because I feel left out because I thought they were my friends. I want more sleep because it's hard when you're tired. I remember that feeling. I want more time with the one you love, who you wish you could see more of, or even just to see them once more. And it's not just children. It is the common ache of all people. I want more. Each person in your family sometimes wants to scream, I want more. You might even guess what they, when they find themselves screaming that. This story of Jesus travelling to the beach gives us an answer to the scream, I want more. The ache of hunger is starting to rumble in the tummies of the crowd on the beach. It's a desolate beach. No corner shops, no burger joints, no supermarkets, no houses, no ice cream vans. People had come from so far away in their thousands just to see Jesus. Jesus was kind. He gave them a meal. Not just any meal, a meal for everyone. A meal sat on the grass just beside the beach, sat in groups with laughter and talking, lying down, running around. Children were clutching their fish finger sandwiches, running between the groups, knowing where to go back to. It was a meal until they could eat no more. After the meal, we read they were all satisfied. That means they'd had enough. Not one person out of the thousands that day said, I want more. Every boy, every girl, every teenager, every man, every woman, every granny, every granddad said, I have enough. Can you imagine how good that felt for everyone to say together, we have enough? It's like on Christmas Day, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> when you say to your mum, don't offer me, don't offer him another roast potato. Yeah. It's I, becoming dangerous. At the end, you just go, I couldn't eat another thing. You know, another thing would be dangerous. And it's, it's, it's quite a feeling, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I want you, Jam, that feeling mm -hmm. of I've had enough. That You can imagine that feeling, can't you? Yeah. That feeling of no more. I'm done. That is the feeling you can have with Jesus. With Jesus, it is possible to say we have enough. His love for us means even if we don't have enough friends, we can still say we have enough. His care always with us. By his spirit means even when we miss those we love, wishing we were with them, we can still say, we have enough. His powerful control of our lives means even when we're worried, when we don't know what will happen next. Can you say it with me? We, we have, have enough. enough. His enormous forgiveness means that even when the mistake we've made makes us feel sick inside, when we're scared of what others will say, when we wish no one will ever find out, we can still say together, we, we have, have enough. enough. One last thing, you notice that Jesus gave the food to the disciples to give to the people. So even though we can't see Jesus, even though we can't see his hands giving us what we need, he uses ordinary people like the disciples in our lives to speak to us, to provide for us, to hug us, to comfort us, to tell us the truth, to say quietly into our ear, 
We have enough because we have Jesus. We have enough. I'm just going to say a prayer now. If it's safe to do so, close your eyes. Let's pray together. Dear Father, I thank you that Jesus came to give us life to the full. Thank you that the story of these people eating a meal that day is that they said, we have enough. And Jesus teaches us that can be our story. We can say we have enough because we have Jesus. We pray, Father, for those parts of our lives where we ache, where we wish we had more. Will you help us to understand how Jesus can help us with even that ache? Help us to know how we can talk to each other in our families, how we can tell each other the truth about Jesus that can help us. Please give us the friends who can help us. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is enough. Amen. Amen. Have you got a sketch for us, Jam? I do. Here we go. Have a listen to this. Kebabs, lamb or beef, roll up. Form an orderly queue. Kebabs, lamb or beef, roll up. Form an orderly queue. Finally. Oh, my word. What a mission getting here. Who chose this venue? I've been to the back and beyond. But this is back, beyond, keep going and then some. Still, worth a trek. Kebabs, lime and beef, form an orderly queue. Hello. All right, look at this crowd. I'm going to clean up here. I must have the only food for miles. Roll up, form an orderly queue. Oh, um, I'm not actually sure... You want to get in quick. Once word gets round there's a kebab wagon here, it's going to be chaos. When I've sold out, you'll be eating the bark off the trees. To be honest, I've only come to look. (laughs) To look? These kebabs are the finest this side of the Sea of Galilee. Get in before the rush. Roll up for an only queue. Now, one for your husband and the kids? Honestly, beat the rush. When word gets out, I'll fear for the stampede. Those lamb kebabs do look really good. They taste even better. So succulent. Straight from the hills around Bethlehem. Free range, grass fed, animal welfare like you would not believe. These lambs are so happy to be served up, they'd even show you the freshest clump of mint leaves for the sauce. Wow. (laughs) Served in the finest of flatbreads. Look at that. You could eat your dinner off that and then eat it. (laughs) Amazing. Now, family-sized bargain basket. I'm going to have to hurry you. No, I... Now, I'm telling you, with this size crowd... This far from a town, this stuff will sell out like hot cakes and the bun shorts on Good Friday. What's Good Friday? Oh, yeah, uh, too early. Scratch that. Roll up, form an orderly queue. Look, what's going on here? Why aren't they rolling up and forming an orderly queue? There's 5,000 men here, plus women and children, in the middle of nowhere. And it's late, and I haven't sold one Happy Meal. If I can't sell my kebabs ten times over for twice normal price, you can throw me in the lake, fish me out and call me the Queen of Sheba. We were really hungry, but Jesus fed us all. You what? And I know how this sounds, with five loaves and two fish. But it it sort of grew. In fact, we were all so full we couldn't eat another thing. Look at the leftovers. Those are leftovers? Yep. Take some bread with you. I'm sure no one will mind. I'm trying to sell kebabs here. But it's so delicious. We couldn't stop eating it until we were completely full. Beyond full. Try some. There is no way this bread is going to be 
Mmm. Mmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. There's bread. And there's bread. And there's bread. And there's that. That is like bread made by angels who sieved the flour through their wings, left it to rise in the cloud, and then baked it in an oven heated by the wood from the cedars of Lebanon. So you like it then? <laughs> I can't compete with that. And he's giving it away for free. Try the fish. Go on then. Oh. Mm. Oh, fish, so subtle. Salty, but not too salty. Moist, but not oily. If Jonah himself had gone fishing, he wouldn't have tasted better. Got any more? Twelve baskets full of bread and fish. Mind the store, will you? I'm going in. No one's going to pinch your food. Everyone's full. Mm, delicious. We're going to end now with Ed's curveball questions. Ed has some questions for us to talk about on our own once we've gone away for you to chat about wherever you are, in your car, around your kitchen table, in the garden, on the beach. Nice thought. Yeah. Okay, I've got four questions. You can pick some of them. You can pick one of them. Perhaps if you're under fives or you're just getting going, what did Jesus give the people that made them say, we have enough? Perhaps if you're fives to sevens, if you had asked the crowd that day, what is Jesus like? What do you think they would have said? What is Jesus like? If this was the only time they met him, what would they say? Eights to elevens or just getting going. Does Jesus always give you what you want? And why not? So you get to be honest. Don't just give the answer you think your parents might want to hear. Does Jesus give you enough? Why not? And lastly, perhaps you've got a teenager in the room. Take the thing you ache for. So if you're honest about when you say, I want more, how do you think Jesus could help with that ache? What can he do? What would he say? What could you remind yourself about? I'm going to run through those four questions double quick. What did Jesus give the people that make them say we have enough? If you had asked the crowd, what is Jesus like? What would they have said? Does Jesus give you what you want? Why not? Or why? And lastly, that ache you feel, can Jesus help with that ache? Go and talk about that. We'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. It's been a pleasure. Goodbye. Wow. I think that's enough. (laughs) What's your meal? Um, I I think I get a weird pleasure from Toad in the Hole. Toad in the Hole? Yeah. I think it's because my mum never made it. Oh, why not? I, I don't know. I mean, everyone says it's not that difficult. Have I not, can make it. Have you not discussed this with her? <laughs> I think. I, really, I think you need to have that chat with well, your mum. Mum, I think we need to talk about it. it, it